This is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. So I walked into work this morning. I texted you right away because I started hearing noises and it it was like 7 a.m. and no one's ever in the office this early. And I just heard a noise and I start walking past the room where all the writers usually meet to talk. And I just see a man hanging on the window. A window washer. Yeah. We used to draw like little arrows to all the bird poop and say, thank you. Thank you. Stick them on the window. Where? At my old place of work. Oh. For when the window washers would come and take them away. Be like, thank you for doing this. Thank you for for taking away the bird poop. Right. I had a terrible dream last night. I didn't even sleep. And it was totally triggered by something that someone had posted on our Facebook group. What was it? Someone had posted that their... I think it was like their niece had opened up her Snapchat and was going through with the memories. I saw that. And found a picture of her sleeping with like a bunch of gibberish written. In and the she's left. laying like flat with her arms by her side. You can yeah, tell. Yeah, she's laying on her back sleeping. And it was at like one something in the morning. And so then I had a dream that we went to record and there was a weird video on my computer. And so I opened it up and it was... Me, in the middle of the night, telling, like, eight minutes of a ghost story by myself. But then all of a sudden, I started, like, speaking gibberish. And then it started glitching, and another one of me appeared. And so then there were two heads trying to tell ghost stories, and then I eventually slumped over. That also seems like you're dreaming about our topic a little bit. I know. It was a mix (laughs) of the two, which was so terrifying. It kind of would be nice if during your sleep you told ghost stories and, like, could record it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I'm like, am I just paranoid about what I read online at 10 p.m. at night and what our topic is? Or am I starting to go mad? I honestly think there's a little bit of both going on, not only in your life, but in my <laughs> life, too. Because I – well, I've always had pretty vivid dreams, but – For the past, like, two weeks, they kind of went away. And then last night, I also had a very vivid dream where I woke up and I was convinced it was real. But it was, like, it was just a little off of, like, from reality that I was convinced that it could have been real. That seems normal to me. I know. But it just makes me think that there's such a – there 100% is another alternate dimension where I'm just living my life out just – slightly different than the one I'm living here. Or even in real life where you think that you responded to someone, like they ask you a question and you think that you gave them the answer out loud Mm -hmm. and they ask it again and you're like, I already said. Like, no, you didn't. That happens to me a lot. Why can't you read my mind? (laughs) Maybe I just get lost in my own thoughts too much. Have you had anyone else tuck you in at night? No, but I was thinking about it last night. Every single time I woke up from that dream, I was like, please let there not be a man standing on my bed or someone sleeping next to me. Oh, my gosh. Please let me be alone in my room. Yeah, begging for it. And then I'd open my eyes and I'd be so scared that I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, sneak them open. I'd, like, rip them like a Band-Aid and be like, ah! and just, like, look around <laughs> desperately, scanning the room as fast That's as I could. Definitely how you want to be sleeping. It was a restful night for me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Scared of our our own uh. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm constantly on edge and I'm 
constantly thinking I'm gonna get murdered. The paranoia is real. Paranoia is real. Last week we talked about uh, Ghost Whisperer set, and I said that my coworker worked on the show, but she didn't have any information. So did she actually work on the show? She did. She only okay, worked on so the show for did. one season. So I asked her and she was like, I don't really know much about it. I could ask other people. And I was like, it's okay. That's fine. That's fine. We just thought you would probably. We just thought that you were haunted. I don't know. I mean, the whole set seemed to be. Everyone was having experiences. But that also, it made me think of either people who experienced things on set didn't talk about it until after the fact. Or it was happening on set and people were, like, super freaked out by it that they, like, didn't want to address it. Was she a writer? Yeah. Well, then she probably wasn't on set when they were actually filming much. Well, she was a co-producer, so she, when she produced episodes, she was. Oh. But you still, like, we hear everything that happens on set on Blind Spot, but we're in the writer's But would you, would someone come and run to you and tell you that something moved on set without explanation? If, I mean, it made it to the internet, I'm sure. Maybe. Maybe the hauntings were associated with a writer. So whoever was writing for that episode or producing that episode, when they were on set, stuff happened. Ooh. Yeah, just one haunted writer brought all the spooks to set. Right. What if that's me in the future? Gonna have to change your profession. Nah. All the film goes missing and everyone blames you. As long as there aren't a ton of freaky stuff like the lightning striking a plane and all that. Well, that seems a little bit rare. Actually, maybe not because there were so many topics to choose from or so many cases. Yikes. Ghosts are everywhere. Ghosts are everywhere. Everyone should join our Facebook page because I spent like an hour combing through everything people were writing and posting and it's terrifying. It's really scary. And then like, (laughs) The reds will get going, and you really could spend, yeah. I try to put, I try to give at least 30 minutes a day to, like, really come through and catch up, but there are some days I spend at least an hour on that. Oh, I was totally in a hole last night. Yeah. I was. Between that and, like, the other podcast pages that I'm a part of, I was just, like, ghost story after murder after ghost story. It was all over the place, which is probably what contributed to my not sleeping. (laughs) Also, though, when I was searching the web last night and going into a hole, I realized that there's a place in L.A. that I've never been to. And maybe yeah. I'll go when I'm out visiting. But there's a house in L.A. where this these two people, this couple that have been married for, like, years and years, they're both artists. And they have just basically made their entire home inside and out into, like, this beautiful mosaic and tile <gasps> sculpture it's so beautiful and you can go and pay them and they'll give you a tour of their entire place and like, the video i was watching was all about like their love story too and they met in some art store and he was selling paint and she was buying it and they connected right away and she leaned across the counter and just kissed him right there and he was like i wasn't even thinking about getting fired because it's just fireworks and i still get fireworks and they're just Whoa. so in love and just make this amazing house. They, like, can't have continued to do it for 25 years. They just keep adding stuff to their house. That is so cool. Where in L.A. is it? No idea. I'd have to look it up. I'm sure it's not hard to, to look up the address. Let's find it. I know. We should go. I hope that they're not killers. They're definitely not. Uh, you don't know what's being buried behind those walls. No. 
This is supposed to be a nice story about two people in love making something beautiful to share with the rest of the community. And you just spun it into the tiles are holding dead bodies. You never know. But I'll accept the love because I do love love. Are you first this week? I am. So, going back to my dream where part of me branched off and there was double in the screen. Yes. That is because this week's topic is doppelgangers. We've referenced them before, and Mm -hmm. now we're doing them. Double walkers. Double walkers. The word doppelganger comes from Germany, and it translates to double walker. And it's thought that doppelgangers can exist, but that they're paranormal beings. And doppelganger is a duplicate of a real person, so it's as if you're seeing the same person twice. So if you ran into Sabrina, and then five minutes later there was another Sabrina, that is her doppelganger. And some people believe that everyone has a doppelganger, and that there's an evil version of yourself walking around out there somewhere. And others believe that they're just demonic spiritual copies, so that some evil spirit is just trying to impersonate someone else and then other people think that they are bad omens you can see a doppelganger anywhere so it can be out in public it can be alone in the woods while you're hiking and you look over and there's you walking through the woods and it can even be standing behind you in a mirror so or your friends and family can see it for you which is still a bad omen like you don't have to ever actually see it still scary Still scary. Still scary. Yeah. So people see doppelgangers of themselves. They see them of others. Scientists believe that it's just an electrical glitch of the brain where we, like, misidentify someone as being someone else. But I don't think so. I mean, it is possible. There are people who, like, there's websites. Actually, there's a website called, what is it? I wrote it down. Oh, twinstrangers.net, where you could, like, put all your information in and they will run these tests and try to find your doppelganger, and then you can go meet them. That's cool. Yeah. But then, like, you you see, there's, I guess there was a study that was, like, you can find people who look physically the same as you, but there are eight features that, like, would have to be exactly the same, and they didn't specify what the eight features are, but I imagine they have to do with, like, height, weight. And then, like, uh, and then physical features. But um, there are eight that have to all be exactly the same for it to be an, an exact doppelganger. I have, like, half of a doppelganger out there. Yes. I thought about that the second we, I read that this is our topic. There was – there's a picture out there of this girl. She's, like – actually, there's a few. There's a few. There's two <laughs> pictures that people have sent me. There's one girl that's, like, has piercings and – has dreads and her I don't tongue think I've was seen pierced. that one. My dad thought it was me. I sent him the picture and I said, look, I have a doppelganger. And he goes, that's a cool costume. He thought I was dressed up for Halloween. Oh my gosh. And then there was another one that someone else found. It's this blonde girl that looks just like Just me. like you. <laughs> like body like type, same everything. smile, everything. Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. And then also Nikita is getting a new roommate. Her name is Brooke and... Nikita was like, she looks a lot like you, and she sent me a picture. And we don't look exactly the same, but we definitely look 
pretty similar. And Nikita was like, your humor is the same. She just walked in with a true crime magazine about murder. Like, she was like, everything about her, like, you guys are so similar. Oh, my gosh. Are you going to meet her when you're here? No, she's I – th- I think she's going up to NorCal for the whole time that I'm there. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, I won't meet her. Bummer. Maybe it's a good thing because meeting your doppelganger – if we were both in the same room, we would just combust. <laughs> or, yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be a sign that you're going to become ill or die. Yeah. Which actually, you said something about how people think they're demonic, which made me think of all the stories we've read of where demonic entities, like, mimic. The sound. Yeah, imitate the, the sound. And even people have seen, like, an actual – and they also imitate little girls – well, like maybe, some of our listener stories are going to cover those things. Oh, gosh. But it's so scary. I know. And, too, if you remember back – I don't remember which episode, but um, – oh, it was the shadow person episode where I covered Waverly Hills Sanatorium mm-hmm. and Ghost Adventures had gone there and one of the members of Ghost Adventures had seen the doppelganger of someone else that was also there or something like that. Oh, Yeah. Because that's one of the things that Waverly Hills Sanatorium is notorious for. They've got the creeper. They've got a ton of shadow people. They've got Mm -hmm. literally everything. A little boy. But then a lot of people spot doppelgangers, which is terrifying. Wow. And doppelgangers have crept into movies and television quite a bit, too. It's a popular topic. And I'll give you some examples because I wrote them down just, like, from my own memory. (laughs) Trying to think of the shows that I had watched and which characters could possibly qualify as a doppelganger. I finally watched Friends all the way through from Mm -hmm. start to finish in order. And Ursula, Phoebe's twin sister, is kind of evil, not so pleasant. So that could be a doppelganger. Um, Constantine and Kermit the Frog. (laughs) Doodle Bob and SpongeBob. Oh, Um, yeah, Doodle Bob. Doodle Bob. Oh, also, the entire premise of the show Vampire Diaries is basically built on Elena being the doppelganger of her ancestor, Catherine Pierce. Mm -hmm. The the Hilary Duff movie? Which one? She's like the ident. There's some famous singer, and she takes over for the singer. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. Oh, the actual Lizzie McGuire movie. Yeah, sorry. The the Hilary (laughs) Duff movie. The Lizzie McGuire movie. (laughs) <laughs> and then also, Monte Carlo has a similar plot line as the Lizzie McGuire movie because there's some princess that, like, leaves town and Selena Gomez is an exact oh, yeah. exact replica of her. But that one, she actually plays both parts, whereas in Lizzie McGuire movie, her Hilary Duff's sister played the other one. Did, did she? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it in so long. I'm pretty sure. Haley? Haley Duff? Yeah. I thought I Lizzie played it. both, and that's why she was able to get away with i'm gonna i'm con- gonna confirm this i'm pretty sure she does oh maybe you're right but i think the last scene they filmed it with Haley duff because the picture is so different yeah it says hillary played both lizzie and isabella oh. whoa my whole life i've been thinking the wrong thing <laughs> you think her sister looks identical to her I always thought that this is that Isabella looked a little different, and I thought it was because it was her sister. It's like when I was growing up, I the um, Parent Trap. I didn't realize Lindsay Lohan didn't have a twin. Oh, I didn't understand how movies worked. <laughs> but actually, it's yeah. really fun 
to just Google like celebrity doppelgangers or just people meeting their real doppelgangers because there are so many pictures of people who meet someone who looks just like them. Or in the case of like celebrities, people will dig back. I love olden time photos. Mm -hmm. Like I remember there was one of John Travolta. um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has one. Mm -hmm. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves has had a lot of stuff happen to him. Oh, really? No like idea. bad luck, omens. Interesting. A lot of stuff. But yeah, it's so fun to look at all that stuff. I know. It makes you wonder if there's like a, what if those old celebrities are reincarnated and that's why these, their new souls are famous again, their celebrities again. But then there's also like Zoe Deschanel and Katy Perry look identical to me. And then Isla Fisher and Amy Adams. Yeah. Uh, that Natalie- movie, what movie were they in? What's it called? We love this movie. It's the one where Amy Adams' ex-husband writes, uh, oh, sends her oh. the manuscript of his Why am I book. blanking on this movie right now? Oh, my God. What is it called? This is my favorite movie of last year. It's like one word. Nocturnal Animals. Nocturnal Animals. Oh, my gosh. I love – We yeah. We, I was like, we do love that movie. But that movie was so confusing. It took me like a good 30 minutes to decide – or to realize that it was actually both of them in the movie. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, wait. Like... Each scene I'd be like, oh, it's Amy Adams. And I'd be like, wait, no, it's Isla Fisher. Oh, my God, I can't tell them apart. And then I realized both of them are in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Isla Fisher plays Amy Adams in the book version of Amy's yeah. life when she oh, reads the book. such a good movie. Such a good movie. If I have time tonight and I'm not drowning in work, I'm going to watch that. Rewatch it. So good. Um the other one is Natalie Portman and Kira Knightley look very like. Oh, they do look very similar. And also I don't think- Natalie Portman and um, Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things. If yes. you look at pictures of Natalie mm-hmm. Portman when she was Millie's age, they look so similar. They do. And I don't think I have – I've never seen anyone that looks like me, but everyone tells me I look like Natalie Portman, which I don't see. It's because your eyes are like the tilted cat eyes, and that's what Natalie has. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't think I've ever seen anyone that looks like me. Hmm. All right. Except for maybe my mom, but that makes sense. Oh, yeah. You guys <laughs> are clones of each other. It's like someone took her face and just glued it on yours. Yeah, the same. <laughs> unfortunately for me that's the case with me and my dad <laughs> oh. i have my dad's face not that he's a bad looking guy but like i want to be a lady <laughs> i can't i don't think i can picture what your dad looks like right now he looks like me but with short hair oh my gosh mr bien is that you your dad has been doing the podcast with me the whole time he's been wearing <laughs> a wig <laughs> oh god <laughs> okay so there's also, aside from, like, all of the folklore that you talked about with doppelgangers and how they're, like, demonic entities or whatnot, there's also a psychic ability called bilocation, which is where people can converse or they can, like, split off completely from their self and create a double, essentially, and interact and converse with people just as their real self would. Oh, Okay. Because when I was reading all of these stories, I was thinking – I was trying to come up with an explanation for it, which that would explain. Because the only thing I could think of is if 
it was like some sort of, and maybe this still is, but some sort of like astral travel where right. people have an out-of-body experience. But in most cases, if not all that we talk about of out-of-body experiences, people are sleeping. But I was thinking yeah. maybe if someone is able to like tap into this sort of meditative state while mm-hmm. they're waking and without realizing their they can their soul can actually go somewhere yeah. else at the same time. I think that's true. I think that's true. There are cases of bilocation and I think people who like train or can perfect it or work on their skill or ability to do it can actually be doing two things at once and physically be in two places at once. I need I need that. Me too. I don't have think of all hours. of the ghost stories we could talk about. We could be recording two episodes at once. That would be amazing. We get so much things, done. The things we could do. The things we could do. Mm. Oh, and then there's also just a random fact. There's a one in one hundred thirty five chance that a complete doppelganger exists somewhere in the world. One the in one hundred and thirty five. Right. That's just like a doppelganger. So, but then the likelihood of someone who is identical to you in all eight of those features that I was talking about is one in one trillion. Whoa. I mean, one in 135 seems like crazy low. Right. Well, that's like, that's why you, that's why people think that you look like someone, like those pictures you found. Well, I guess, yeah, I found two doppelgangers. Yeah. (laughs) Two and a half of myself. Yeah. And too, it reminds me, when I was younger, my mom, we were in Portsmouth visiting my cousins, and I stayed at home with my cousins doing something, and my mom and my aunt, like, went off, or my dad went and did some stuff out in the town. And when my mom came back, she said that she saw the 30-year-old version of me. Like, she saw exactly me, but in an older version. How'd you look? How'd you act? She said I was wearing a leopard print top, and I was like, oh, so I'm like, fire. Right, there's stories of people seeing like a future version of themselves and not realizing it until they reach that point in the future. Wait, it reminds me of that guy that said that he time traveled like through yes. his sink and he took a picture with the older version of himself and they were both exposing their tattoos, the like identical tattoos on their forearms. Yeah. So doppelganger stories are difficult to find because yes. the sightings of doppelgangers are so rare. The majority of the time, people just briefly see a doppelganger and then that's it. So there's not right. a ton to write. Which made me nervous because I, if a doppelganger, if someone sees my doppelganger, like a true doppelganger, I hope it appears to you because I think you would tell me and weren't warn me. Whereas I think anyone else would just be like, eh, whatever. And the next thing you know, I'm dead. Or they assume that it's you. Yeah, or that. Right? Well, I'll be on the lookout for your doppelganger. Thank you. I'll be on the lookout for yours, too. Thanks. Well, I've got (laughs) multiple, so. And I haven't (laughs) died yet. (laughs) That's true. So, one of the guys that I chose is Abraham Lincoln. Our boy Abe. Mr. President. He has a lot of spiritual stuff around him. But he saw his doppelganger. It was the night of his election. And he had just been told that he would be president. And he went and he sat on his sofa and he looked over to the full-length mirror that was in the living room. And he saw himself standing in the mirror. So then he was like, this is weird. So he stood up and walked towards the mirror and noticed that there were two faces. And both of the faces were his. But one was much paler in complexion. And then as he's approaching the mirror, 
the other Abe just disappeared. So Abe's like, okay, this is really strange. (laughs) And then he went and sat back down on the couch. And then again, looks over and sees his doppelganger in the mirror looking at him. So it's like as if he's looking at his own reflection, but he's sitting and the other guy is standing and it's him. So he got... That would drive me mad. Yeah. Ooh, it's just so creepy. He got really freaked out, obviously for good reason. And then he told his wife Mary about it. And Mary thought that the paler image was a bad omen and that it probably meant that he wouldn't be able to finish his term as president, that he would be killed or die or something. Like, it was a horrible omen having, like, paler, ghoulish version of himself appear in the mirror. And as we know, Lincoln was assassinated, which proved Mary's theory to be true. So... This was a very real case of a doppelganger acting as an omen. But it also makes me wonder if it's like we were talking about in the encounters, I think, seventh episode where there's that four-month loop. Like, what if you die and, like, your ghost has, like, a four-month period that it could come back to warn you? Oh, my gosh. Well, that's another theory of what doppelgangers are. Yeah. Like your future ghost self because it's going to happen in the near future. So maybe if you see your doppelganger, it means four months. Well, this – my next story is probably – on. it kind of backs what you're saying because I think that the majority of the experiences he had with his doppelganger were were within the few months leading up to his (gasps) death. So this is the case of Percy Bishy Shelley who was a poet and he was also the husband of Mary Shelley. And Mary Shelley's the one that wrote, like, the OG Frankenstein book. Yes. There's a movie actually coming out that I worked at the production company for. Uh, it was called A Storm in the, a Storm in Our Stars, but I think they changed the name. But Dakota... Dakota Fanning? Or Elle Fanning is playing Mary Shelley. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Wait, interesting. Yeah. Because I don't know when so it's young. projected to come out. But she was very young when she wrote. Oh, when she wrote it. Well, that will be good. I hope yeah. they do change the name because that just seems too much like the fault in I our think stars. they did decide to change the name, but I don't remember to what. Okay, well, Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein, which is, of course, about the mad scientist who created a monster in the lab. And then, ironically enough, her husband Percy had a monster attached to him that was driving him mad, which was his doppelganger. It was the early 1800s, and Percy told his wife that he'd been experiencing many weird encounters with his doppelganger. Um, And there was one really unsettling run-in where Percy had walked out onto the terrace, and his doppelganger was there. And the doppelganger turned to him and asked, how long do you mean to be content? (gasps) Which is a very odd question. And it actually makes me wonder, too, like, based on what you were saying, that four-month loop of a spirit coming back, if it was sort of trying to trigger Percy or make him think about stuff and do what he truly wanted in his last few months. Interesting. You know? Like, knowing that he's going to die, his spirit is like... But that wording. How long do you mean to be content? Very odd. Whoa. Also, his wife's friend, so Mary's friend, Jane, also claimed to see the doppelganger of Percy because she was standing in her house and there was a road that Percy often would walk past. 
Um, and he'd pass by her window when he was walking. And so she's looking out the window and Percy passes by and then he walks in the direction of a dead end. And then moments later, he walks by again from the same direction. So it's not like he walked Whoa. past and then he walked back. He walked past and then he walked past. So from the same so direction. I wonder, is he following his doppelganger or is his doppelganger following him, which is more eerie? It was the doppelganger both times because Percy was like, I was never there at that time. Oh. He wasn't anywhere near there. That's I guess weird. maybe it wanted to send a message and for Jane to know that it was there because otherwise, Whoa. if he's, yeah, I don't know. Um, and then he said that his doppelganger was haunting him and would hide in the shadows and in the dark trying to scare him. And that whenever he felt sick, the doppelganger would have much more of a presence and always hang around. Oh, yikes. And then another time, he ran into his doppelganger at the beach and the doppelganger pointed out to the sea but said nothing. And only a month after all of these encounters and him telling his wife, Percy died in a sailing accident out at sea during a storm. Chills. I just got chills. It's so weird. I – yeah, that – I don't know. Like, I, I mix between feeling like that doppelganger was a little bit demonic and malevolent – and between feeling like he was trying to warn. It's yeah. weird. And I do have it's a lot of questions weird. about doppelgangers because unlike yeah. black-eyed kids, these occurrences all seem to be very different. So it makes me mm-hmm. wonder if there are different types of doppelgangers or what exactly they are. Because with the black-eyed kids, like it's all very similar in theme. But every person who runs into a doppelganger, it seems to be such a different experience and a different outcome. Like yeah. it could – just a few of my theories were that like it could be a spirit that manifests into a person like into the identical twin of that person to heed warning or whatever kind of like what you were saying that four-month loop Mm -hmm. but then i also read a story of a man named goeth who was a german writer and a poet and a politician and he was a very respected guy at this time in his time and he saw his doppelganger riding on horseback down a road, and he noted that the, the doppelganger was wearing different clothing than he was. But then a few years later, he realized that he himself was riding down that same road on horseback in the same exact outfit that he yeah. had seen the doppelganger in. So it makes me wonder about, like, time travel and if there is yeah. a glitch in time, which, like, exposes the future for just a moment. And then it reminded me of... That story that I read, it was it in our encounters? Yeah, it was in our encounters last week. The story that I read, the email that I read about the old lady in the rocking chair yes. who would read to the kids and help them with groceries. And yes. I read that email in September, but it yes. just came into our inbox. It reminds me of I think the I think it's Interstellar, right? Where he there's that moment where he's like in the bookshelves and it's very Yes. Time travel y but like interdimensional Right. Very confusing science that I don't understand. I don't understand it But I, I feel like there's something similar to that that exists in our world. It must, right? Yeah. I definitely think that there's, there's a, another dimension or multiple other dimensions that we can't see. Could explain deja vu as well. Mm-hmm. 
It's also weird, and it's upsetting to think that we may never know. Ugh. Maybe when we die? Right? I don't know. But then again, it's, it's the whole thing of going back into the belief of reincarnation. Most people, when they're reincarnated, don't remember anything. So you'll always spend your lifetime wondering. And that is why you need to write a book from the other side. Oh, that's what it can be called. From the other side. Oh, that's a good one. I'd read it. Or I'll write, I'll write one that says, that's called, I told you I'd see you on the other side. (laughs) Or to the other side. And then maybe they'll answer all of your questions. Oh, that's a good idea. I mean, this is why we're so fascinated with paranormal and true crime and everything like that is because we want answers. Totally. It's so hard to not get them. But that's why yeah. people get hooked on, like, conspiracy theories and aliens and mm-hmm. all these things that we don't really know the answers to. Because once you're given an answer, right. you kind of drop it, right? Right. And then you move on to f- try to figure out the next thing. We like mm-hmm. to solve things as humans. Yeah. And come up with our own theories. Actually, wait, small little side note. What? Way back when there was like a BuzzFeed article saying that they would feature different podcasts potentially in their 2018 list. And I don't believe any of the recommendations are actually put on that BuzzFeed article. But I got some good podcasts from that article and what people were saying in the comments. And I just started Ologies with Allie Ward. Yes. I'm learning so much. It's so cool. Ology is like the study of, so like psychology, volcanology. She speaks to a professional and you get a little bit learned. Learned. I'm like, I need to go to trivia now because I feel like I know enough. (laughs) Play HQ. I do play HQ. I'm so bad at it. I think the most I've ever gotten is four. I got to question 12, but it was (gasps) the... One of those weekend games oh, where it's 15 oh. questions and I got to question 12. And then I didn't have an extra life. <laughs> uh, wait, I found a cheat. My brother, well, my brother found a cheat of how to get an extra life. Wait, oh my gosh, I'm cutting this out of the podcast because I don't want them to know that people know. So I can I think it's already it. on YouTube. But, and you go to that place where you like can, or your profile or whatever. Mm-hmm. And where it shows the extra heart, you swipe up. Fuck yeah. I would have won. You can only do it once. If you do it twice, it takes it away. What? <laughs> okay, so the ladies I chose. Well, I'll talk about the first one is Emily Sagi. I think that's how you say her name. Sagi. She's French. Or Sagi. Sagi. She's French. French. Sagi. Sagi. That's what I was kind of going for. Emily Sagi. She was a 30-year-old, 32-year-old French teacher who taught in an exclusive girls' school in Riga, Lat- Latvia, in 1845. And she had a doppelganger, but she never saw it, but everyone else did. That's so weird. And it's kind of interesting, and it makes me – it made me think of the Ghosts in the Burbs episode where they, where Liz interviews the lady who has a <gasps> doppelganger. Yes! Oh, my gosh! Oh, my gosh! What episode number I is I love it? that episode. It was such a good one. Oh, it was so good. But, it, yeah, it's, like, where the doppelganger becomes, like, the life of the party and is trying to take over her life entirely. So it's similar, but it's a little – it's different. So Emily was a great teacher. She was very smart and knowledgeable. But it was weird because she had a really hard time keeping a job. And by the time she started working at this school in Latvia, 
She had already worked at 18 other schools in 16 years. Why? Because of her doppelganger? So that's what the theory is, is that her doppelganger made her lose a lot of jobs. So her spectral twin, or her doppelganger, was seen during class, like, by every single one of her students. So Emily was apparently standing at the chalkboard teaching a lesson when all of a sudden a exact replica of Emily appeared and started mirroring Emily's movements. <gasps> Wait, this is kind of what I was saying about the astral travel. Right. Well, yeah, it's weird because for a little while, the doppelganger kind of just mirrored her and would stand behind her or next to her and just completely copy her movements, so which could be true. And like there were times where she would be sitting down in the lunchroom eating her lunch and behind her would be her doppelganger miming the exact same movements, like eating, but standing behind her, which is just very eerie. Ooh. And Emily never saw the doppelganger herself, which makes me like concerned. I they, There was no specifications, but I wonder if her students and other teachers said something to her. Like, hey, Miss Sajid, why are there two of you? Well, they had to have, right? Because otherwise we wouldn't know that she never saw the doppelganger. Because if no one says, right, hey, true. you have a doppelganger, then you wouldn't know to say, hi, I've never seen my doppelganger. You're right. <laughs> but then that's also really freaky. It's like, I know that everyone else can see this doppelganger of mine right next to me, standing behind me, but I cannot see it. Oh, it just reminds me of It Follows again. That movie really oh. messed me up. It also makes me think that like Emily's doppelganger was kind of impersonating her or learning how to perfect Emily in order to take over her life. Oh. And because especially like when her doppelganger sh- appeared, Emily was very became like very groggy and weak and tired and people noticed her being more lethargic than usual as if it were sucking the energy from her. Mhm. Wow. Like I'm going to take over now. Thank you. Ew. But then there was one instance where nearly 50 people ex- witnessed it. The students were working in their sewing class while a teacher sat in the front of the classroom reading a book. Outside the window of the classroom, they all saw Emily working in the garden. Then the teacher in front of the classroom got up, excused herself to go to the bathroom, and moments later, Emily walked in and sat in the chair in the front of the room. One of the students looked out the window and saw, huh, Emily's still out in the garden. So there was an oh Emily. Gosh. I know. There was an Emily in the front of the classroom, and there was an Emily right outside the window. What do you even do as a small child seeing that? Well, a student gasped and then, like, made all of the other kids look. And so every student saw it. And how do you know which one's the real one? Oh, that's the creepy thing. Well, and then actually, so two of the stu- students stood up and went and approached the woman sitting in the front of the the classroom, which I think that they believed that one was a doppelganger. They reached out and touched it and said that it it looked and like seemed exactly like her. But when they ran their hands up to the entity, it felt like it was empty. What? Like, oh, it says it felt like it was empty, like the stuff cobwebs are made of. Ew, so what is it? Is it an alien? Or is it a ghost or a demonic entity? Or is it like a future self that just can't fully form when traveling? 
But later, Emily confirmed that she was nowhere near the classroom, or she was not in the classroom. She was indeed outside in the garden. A bit disconcerting if I were a parent of someone at that school. And this is Emily's problem. So the parents were getting very concerned and started taking their students out of the school. Yeah, so people were kind of freaking out, which is understandable. Right. And, um, yeah, so unfortunately, Emily was fired from her job, which is probably what happened at all of her other schools, is that she started to freak people out. But So there's two theories that I have about this. Maybe she was able to bilocate, as we were talking about that psychic ability, and she was just really trying to be the best teacher she could be, but she didn't also, but she also like didn't really fully understand her ability. So she wasn't able to control it fully. Well, that's what, that's my question about bilocation, because if it takes such strength and it's a psychic ability, wouldn't you like have some sort of feeling or be able to understand, like you have to be able to control the second version of yourself that you're projecting. I don't know. Like you and I can't control when or if we see spirits that's true but that's something else appearing and not something from within us besides yeah. just like being open but like like they said that she felt very lethargic and was clearly a little bit more foggy so maybe to her she just felt tired but it was actually yeah. a symptom of something that she didn't understand fully i just wonder how you tap in I don't know. I This is why I hope one of our listeners can bilocate and tell us. I have so many questions. <laughs> hey, but never bilocate to us, please. I don't want to see a random person standing in my room. Me neither. That freaks me out. Yeah, it's very terrifying. Um, so that's Emily. Saji. Saji. Uh, and then I chose a story that's a little bit different than we usually do. And... We love true crime stuff, obviously, but this has to do with a doppelganger and an attempted murder, and it happened in the past, I think, two years. Oh, my gosh. And the case is kind of going on, still ongoing. So in August of 2016, a 42-year-old woman named Victoria Nasarova wanted to get her eyelashes done, so she requested an appointment with her beautician, Olga Civic, I think that's how you say her name, a 35-year-old beautician. So Victoria had been going to Olga for about six months, and Olga always found it a little odd that Victoria would make the trek from Brooklyn to Queens just to get her eyelashes done. But, like, if you find someone you love, you'll you'll commit to the long-distance I've never had my eyelashes done, and it's so much money. It's not that bad. It's like $75 for a fill. No, it was 50 and then you have to get them done every like three weeks. Think about, but like you get your nails done, like right. That's this is just thirty bucks. Expensive. Oh, I had in my nightmare last night. All of my nail polish came off. I was so sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I get the whole making a long distance relationship work with your your beauty suppliers. <laughs> um, okay, so Olga and Victoria looked very similar. They were. It's almost as if they were each other's doppelgangers. They had the same exact complexion, dark hair, thick eyebrows, and they both were fluent in Russian. Uh, so Nasirova, Victoria, she showed up to Olga's house for her appointment and kindly offered Olga a cheesecake. But guess what? The cheesecake was laced with phenazepam, 
clonazepam. It's a Russian-made tranquilizer. So she truly thought it was her doppelganger and tried to kill? Kind of, but there's more to it. Okay. So Victoria was trying to poison her, but it didn't work, and Olga started vomiting. So then the next day... Victoria came back with soup and apparently force-fed it to Olga. Wait, how'd she know where Olga lived? Because her studio was at home. It was like an at-home beautician. So Victoria gave her soup and it knocked her out. And then she went through Olga's belongings, stole her passport, her authorization card, a gold ring, and cash. She then put Olga on her bed to make it look like she poisoned herself with pills. And the next day, one of Olga's friends found Olga on her bed in lingerie, surrounded by all these pills, but she was still alive. And she was just in a coma. Oh my God. She was in a coma. And she was rushed to the hospital where she spent three days recovering. Victoria was arrested in March of 2017, more than six months after the incident. She had tried to steal her doppelganger's identity because she was a wanted fugitive from Russia for killing a 54 year old woman. In 2014. Wait, Victoria was wanted? Yes. And then just happened to find Olga? She must have done research to find her doppelganger and then tried to steal her identity and kill her. How crazy is that? Also, I'm sorry. How do the airports and our immigration let in a wanted fugitive into the United States? Mabel, I don't, maybe she fled to New York after killing the woman, but it wasn't known that she was a wanted fugitive yet. Like they could have not found, because the body was found buried, I think, months after the woman had gone missing. I need to speak to the president, please. (laughs) I don't know how all that law stuff works and how it works in terms of sending someone back. She, I mean, she could have hid pretty well, but she's caught now. And if you guys want to follow the case, She's due in court for the case against Olga or her attempted murder of Olga on May 25th of this year. So Olga's, I'm assuming, a U.S. citizen. I think she's from, no, she's not. She was not a U.S. citizen. They're both Russian, but. I think Victoria is Russian and Olga was from. Like Ukraine another. or something? Yeah, so I, I don't know which one specifically. But this this case is a proof that seeing your doppelganger might be a bad omen and that you might die. Okay. <laughs> Never trust someone that looks like you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes me really, I mean, people are crazy and you never yeah. really know someone's true intentions. And I mean, this Victoria was just going to get her eyelashes done. Wink, wink. I'm going to kill you. It's a lot of money and time and travel to invest into trying to steal someone's identity. But I guess if you've already murdered one person, what's another? Yeah. <laughs> this is such a dark thought. Just say no to murdering. And now we're going to read listener stories and give our insight and input on them. All right. Our first one is from Lise. Is that how you say it? L-I-S-E? Think. It's called Ghost Roomy from Norway and My Racist Grandmother. Oh. Hi, girls. I found your podcast after running out of episodes of MFM. I have never really experienced anything paranormal except for a few things moving around my room, but I get so freaking easily scared, so I should actually really stop listening (laughs) because my (laughs) friends are tired of me calling them late at night and have them on the phone when I go to the bathroom. You know the drill. We do. Yeah, because Sabrina has to go to the bathroom with me every time after we record. At the end, yeah. (laughs) I wanted to write you after listening to episode 20, I think, 
where a listener wrote about her mother hearing her come home about an hour before she actually did, and then other stories like that. I live in Norway, and half a year ago, I bought a book about ghosts and stuff like that. There was a chapter about Vardoger, which is a Norwegian name for the exact phenomenon, and it's apparently typically Norwegian. I am sorry, but I don't know the English term. The function of a Vardoger is to warn or announce the arrival of a person, and they show up a little time before the actual person does. And I read that a woman used to use her husband's Vardoger to know when to heat up the dinner because he would often come home at different hours. That's so cool! (laughs) Vardogers are often more audible than visual, and when people hear the keys and the doors, it has been normal to ask, is that you or is that your Vardoger? Because they were so normal. I write in past tense because I have not heard about it nowadays, so I guess they are not that normal any longer. Maybe they became extinct because of cell phones and technology. Yeah, you don't really need a Vardoger anymore to tell you. Yeah, maybe. But it does remind me of when I, I think I mentioned it on the podcast, when I was staying at that one house in college over the summer, Mm -hmm. one of the girls heard another girl come home, up into the shower, like said hello and everything. And then texted her and was like, why aren't you coming back downstairs? And the other girl was like, I'm on my way home right now. I'm driving home. Yeah, that's weird. About the things moving around in my room. I moved to Norway from Denmark, or actually from Greenland. They have a lot of ghost stories up there. Whoa. Into a farmhouse from the 1800s. On one of the first mornings waking up in my new room, the first thing I saw were three figures of the three holy kings. I chose these figures when my grandmother died about seven years ago because they reminded me of her, and they were always sitting in her living room year-round. This morning, two of the kings were facing me in my bed as if they were looking at me, and the last one was facing straight, as I placed it the day before. I asked my roommates if they had moved anything in my room, but they said no. I was pretty sure that I placed all of them facing straight out in the room, and I remembered that I took a picture of the room the day before to show my friends and family my new home. In the picture, they're all facing straight. Oh, my God. And my theory is that it was the spirit of my grandmother who wanted to show me that she's keeping an eye on me, and the the figure that was not looking at me is black while the others are white, so I guess maybe she's a little racist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But she owned these. Like, she owned them. You know, she bought them. She could still be racist. Guys, don't be racist. Everybody looks the same when you cut them open. So don't kill each other over this stuff. Corinne. (laughs) What? They do. It's just sometimes I know I have dark thoughts sometimes, but you really shock me sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's great. This is why we're friends. Maybe that's not a good thing. I mean, I'm not shocking you in, like, good ways. No, you are. You make me laugh. How dark can my thoughts be? And then how little of a filter do I have around those dark thoughts? (laughs) Okay. I've moved rooms since, but my small figures are still moving sometimes. But I just put them back into place and I don't think any more about it. I had a boyfriend who was very much in touch with the spiritual side, and he said that he had contact with an old lady in my house and an Ooh. old couple who he helped pass on to the other side. I was a little disappointed because I liked the thought of having some ghosts around, but I guess <laughs> it was best for them to move on. Oh. She said, even though I might stop listening in order to stay sane, keep up the good work, I've attached a picture of the three figures. 
best wishes from Lise. Well, you'll have to listen to this episode because we're reading your story. Right. I get it, though. It's scary. I wonder if one of the ladies that her boyfriend at the time helped pass over was her grandmother. I know. But maybe it was another person in... Yeah. Or maybe maybe she knows she knows that her grandma is a little racist and that's why it made her think of her grandma. Yeah. Okay. I have a story. Okay. From another Sabrina. Sabrina. The subject line is childhood hauntings. Heyo, Sabrina and Corinne. I'm currently waiting for my college math class to begin as I write this. I've been listening to you girls for a while now, and I get so confused whenever Sabrina's name comes up because my name is also Sabrina. <laughs> what up? I love meeting other Sabrinas. That's like my equivalent of eating of meeting doppelgangers because there are so few of us. <laughs> she says, I feel embarrassed whenever I respond when Corinne says it, but I get a small laugh whenever it happens. <laughs> I'm also really glad that I'm not the only Sabrina left in the world because it's starting to become a forgotten or old name. Okay, so the story. Back in 2003 or somewhere in those years, because of the economy and stuff, my family bought a house in the nice suburbs. We were a very poor family, somewhere in the high lower class or low middle class, and we were not prepared to own such an expensive house. Anyway, I was around 7 to 13 years old when we were living there. The paranormal experiences didn't happen until a bit later in the short four to five years I lived there. This is also the house where my dreams were the most vivid. I still have nightmares about that house as well, from dreaming about being in hell to my sweet vampire husband being taken away by men in black. (laughs) Yikes. These paranormal instances didn't happen constantly, but when they did, they hit hard. The first night we moved in, everyone was sleeping in the master bedroom on air mattresses. Everything was still in boxes and it didn't feel like home at all. I remember waking up at the wee hours of the morning, feeling like someone woke me up, not physically, but more mentally, and the first thing I look at was the master bedroom bathroom door. It was slightly ajar, and I was just staring at it, and all of a sudden, it closed all the way. Being so young, I didn't know what it was. I I instantly assumed it was a ghost. It kept opening and closing. The knob wasn't moving at all, but it was just shutting shutting all the way and then opening all the way. This was a hard door to close, too. When you close it, you had to pull or push just a tad more. I woke my mom up saying very softly that the door was opening and closing. She waved me off and told me to go back to sleep. I crawled over my sisters to wake up my dad and told him the same thing. He also waved me off. I was scared, but back then, I was way more sleepy than scared, so I went back to sleep. Another instance was when my sisters and I were playing tag in the dark, and the only thing that illuminated our dark house was the porch light. Our living room, dining room, and second living room with a fireplace were all connected, so it looks like a very, very wide hallway. The dining room being lit by the porch light, sleeping in, and the two living rooms were pitch dark. I remember tagging one of my sisters and and shouting, You're it! and running all the way to the main living room. When I got to the other side, I waited to hear laughing and giggling from them, but I heard nothing. I did hear footsteps, very slow and very light, like a child's. My eyes had adjusted to the darkness, but I couldn't see anything past the dining room. I could still hear the footsteps, and that's when I realized my sisters had always been in the main living room. They weren't far beside me, but I looked over at them and saw that they were petrified. We agreed to stop playing and get ready for bed. We were all too scared to be in the bathroom alone, so all three of us took turns taking a shower, and I remember waiting my turn to go in. I asked my older sister what happened. She said that her and her little sister were in the main living room waiting for me to come over and tag them, and they saw a dark figure running around, and then another one. 
It rose up from the ground like a plant and just stood there in the middle of the fireplace room. They saw me tag it and say, you're it. And they saw me run over to their side and then it vanished. They said it was about the size of our dad. We still played tag in the dark after that, though. (laughs) So casual. Another instance was during summer. My sisters and I were in our kiddie pool in the backyard, floating in the water, and we saw our dad walk past us and deeper into our backyard. We were shouting at him to look at us swimming, but he never looked. He just kept walking, and he never came back around. We brushed it off and went back to splashing about until our dad walked past us again, taking the same route, meaning he didn't come back the way he went. We told him he already passed us and that he was being mean for ignoring us. He laughed and said, no, I didn't come by. You you girls are seeing stuff. Then he went into his tool shed. My sisters and I quickly toweled up and ran inside because we instantly knew that we saw his doppelganger. Remember, I was only 7 to 12 years old, and not a lot of kids know what a doppelganger is. I only knew because I watched a lot of ghost-themed TV shows growing up. That reminds me of the Percy Shelley story. Right. So then there was another time where my dad installed a homemade swing under a patio area. My sisters and I never hung out there because we all agreed it was spooky. Plus, it was our dad's workshop zone anyways. He installed a swing that didn't look like a traditional swing. It was a little cozy chair with a cup holder. After my sisters and I had enough of swinging around, we stopped the swinging and went into the garage. So how this worked was there were two doors to reach the garage. One of it is right in front of my dad's work area and the other was connected to our dining room. The swing was right in front of the door. Halfway to the door to the dining room, I asked my sisters, did we close the door to Papa's work area? And my sister said no. We all turned around and saw that the swing was swinging again. We all knew that we stopped that swing before we walked into the garage. There was a moment of silence where we just watched that swing sway back and forth. It, It wasn't a gentle sway either. It looked like there was some weight to it. And then, just like a drop of a dime... It stopped. I wonder if it was the little kid that was like, oh, we're playing now. Yeah. It's possible. Waiting his turn or her turn. Yeah. And it it sounds like there were the two shadows playing tag. So maybe that was one of the ones just it just wants to play. So like a drop of a dime, it stopped. And that was when we hightailed it into the horse and locked the door. We grabbed all the Asian spirit tags and, put, and stuff and put it on the door leading to the garage. We tied red and white strings onto the doorknob and stuck a talisman on the door and around it as well. We said a prayer to our ancestors to protect us, and then we cowered in the living room with the TV on blast while waiting for our parents to come home. When they did, they laughed at our story and laughed even harder that we barricaded the door with our culture spirit stoppers. We followed our dad into the garage to make sure... We see him actually warding off the ghost with a bowl of rice. But when we got into the garage, the door to his work area was shut, closed, and locked, which only made him angry at us because we were, in quotes, lying. My sisters and I refused to use that swing until it was moved to a place where everyone could see it, which was smack dab in the center of our backyard. Activity ended a few months after that, aside from the occasional haunting, such as footsteps down the hall, seeing stuff out of the corner of our eyes, and the TV in the fireplace room turning on and off throughout the day in the middle of the night. Sometimes in static or sometimes on a black menu, and then other times it would switch to different channels. The ghosts really liked the Spanish-speaking channels and the fish screensaver channel for some reason. There was also a time when my older sister and I moved out of my little sister's room to sleep in what used to be our game room. My little sister was around 8 by this time, and I think I was about 11, and my older sister was 12. My two other little sisters slept with our parents in their ridiculously huge master bedroom. 
My little sister had a queen-sized bed, and it was right in front of her closet. On all sides of her room were mirrors. Never going in that room. (laughs) How she was able to sleep there alone for three years with three mirrors and a reflective TV screen, I don't know. She's a fucking maniac. (laughs) One night, our dad told her to go to bed because it's a school night, and she looked at him and said, But Daddy, I don't want to go to sleep. I saw a lady with long black hair sitting at the end of my bed, and I'm scared. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. He only laughed and said she can sleep with him and mom if she's so scared. Holy shit. Every room in the house had a TV. This was during the time where everyone was spending more than they made, and my family was a victim of that also. In my room that I shared with my older sister, I was inside doing homework while everyone was outside in the backyard eating barbecue. I had my window open so I could hear them all talk. My back was to my TV set, and my desk was in front of it, and so was the lamp I was using. My bed was in front of me, too. My backpack was at the foot of my bed in front of the TV. I was putting my things away, my body facing the TV, and my back to the desk and everything else in the room. I remember looking up and seeing a figure standing behind me. It was a figure of a woman, I think. It could have been anything, but it wanted to present itself as a woman. And her hair was veiling her face, so all I could see was her body and what she was wearing. She was wearing a white nightgown, and her skin was pale. Very, very pale. Like, it almost looked like a light pastel blue. I've never heard of that before. The light pastel blue, I feel like that's, like, the blood look. It almost makes me think of someone who's drowned or something. Ooh. Or just, like, died of being cold. Yeah, so cold. Ooh. I blinked, and then she was gone. I ran so fast out of the room and into the backyard, I never looked back. When I was outside eating barbecue chicken i looked up my bedroom window and saw that the lamp was turned off i never turned it off when i ran the last thing i remembered before my family moved out i was doing homework in the dining room my older sister was watching tv in the main living room and everyone else was in their rooms i was minding my own business until the tv in the fireplace room turned on to the static channel by this point i was used to it and it didn't really scare me much but i was still slightly uncomfortable whenever it happened i got up grabbed the remote and turned it off and went back to to doing my math homework It turned on again a few moments later, but this time to a telenovela. I didn't bother to turn it off this time because I had to do my homework. I kept doing my homework, hoping the TV turned off by itself, but it didn't. So I got up, turned it off again, and asked nicely for them not to turn it back on because my older sister was already watching TV and two TVs at once was way too much noise. I sat back down to do my homework and felt a blast of cold air hit me gently, but just enough to make my hair move. It was as if the spirit was upset, upset that they got told off by a tiny little Asian girl to be quiet. After that, nothing more happened, but it was the beginning of a terror of terrible, terrible nightmares and terrors for my sisters and parents. And then we moved out. I have some stories in the house after that one and the house I'm also living in right now, which is the house my grandparents came back to after they passed away. I'm 19 or 20. If you guys get this after January 26th. Hey, happy birthday. Yeah. But whenever I look back at the events that happened, I kind of wonder what kind of person I would have become if I've never experienced these things that I couldn't explain. Uh, Thanks for reading. I hope this entertained you. Sabrina. She has so many experiences. So many. And her sister. So it's clear that she's very... All of her sisters. It's interesting that her dad had a doppelganger. I wonder if they saw him again. I know. That's freaky. It just, or if it was just an instance of, like we talked about, just like a moment of the dimensions converging and you see something happening before it before. happens. And I do yeah. get concerned, too. I was thinking about it when you were reading her story. And 
they were all like what playing in the pool or something yeah the kitty pool what happens if you interrupt a doppelganger like is there any harm to come because most people just see them come and go but if you actually like grabbed them and tried to make them stop or were yelling at them or something what would happen interesting i don't know if you would be able to stop them but I'm saying, like, you trying to stop, is that a trigger? If it is, like, something more demonic, does that mm. put you in harm's way? I hope not. No. This is why you should never talk to anyone, because maybe everyone's a doppelganger. <sighs> Do you have one more? Yes. I'm just trying to digest Sabrina's <laughs> million she stories. She had so many. I know. And the woman in the TV and, and sitting on her sister's bed. <gasps> okay. This is from Andrea. It's called My House, The One-Hit Wonder. Oh, good. Corinne and Sabrina, I don't really know how to begin because this is a story I've never told anybody. (gasps) I grew up in a religious house. My mom was raised by nuns, and my sibling and I were taught that acknowledging a ghost or demon or spirit would give it power over you. Well, shit. (laughs) We are really screwed. (laughs) So we never really talked about what happened to anyone or even among ourselves. Just some background. We had just moved from a two-bedroom house to a four-bedroom house. For a family with five children, a large house is is a necessity. And when we saw how enormous it was, it was like heaven on earth for us. Our first year... I have a feeling that it's not going to be heaven (laughs) on earth. I know. She's leading us into that. (laughs) Our first year in that house was filled with hide-and-seek games and exploring the new area. Having found all the best hiding spots, we would often hide and jump out to scare whoever was passing by. Mm. On a particularly boring summer day, my mom had to go to work, and so we were left to our own devices. My brothers were hogging the TV room and playing video games, and so my sister and I decided to play with her Easy Bake Oven. On the way to our shared room, walking down the long hallway, my sister paused by the guest bathroom she mentioned to me that my little brother was hiding in the bathroom and waiting to jump out to scare me wanting to turn the tables on him i jumped in the doorway and yelled boo there is nobody there my i have chills again (laughs) because i know what's gonna happen because i read this one already oh no my sister was peering into the bathroom hovering over my shoulder and when she saw it was empty she started freaking out She said that she saw my little brother crouching in the bathroom and that when she made eye contact with him, he smiled mischievously and pressed his finger to his lips. She was baffled because he looked so real and so human that she had no doubt that it was him. She was making a big commotion, so my brothers came up to see what was going on, and sure enough, my little brother was with them. We filled them in on on what had happened. And where we would normally laugh it off and make fun of her, I remember the mood becoming somber. We agreed to keep it to ourselves. Whoops. <laughs> and never tell our parents in hopes of keeping it away and not giving it any power. It must have worked because we never saw it again or had any other paranormal experiences after that. I never really gave it much thought until you guys discussed doppelganger spirits a couple of podcasts ago. Ever since then, I keep thinking about that encounter over and over and over, trying to understand what it wanted from us. Was it malevolent, or did it just want to play? And more importantly, is it still there? Uh, 
my god. I want to think it was just trying to play. Just like that motion of it crouching and like, shh. Yeah, that that really creeped me out. It reminds me of that scene from Shutter Island when he's walking up and that old lady turns and she goes, shh. Yes. In like the dark light. It's so disturbing. Ugh. Nothing creepier oh than people telling you to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it was just trying to play. I think it builds it up in my mind because of like the way that their family treated spirits and stuff. And like the idea of that, like these are the things you never talk about. And you don't give them power, which when you talk about it that way, it almost feels like everything revolving around it is malevolent. Right. Which I don't think is necessarily true. Also, too, just if you have such a fear of them, it almost does give more power, I think. Yeah. You know, because one small Mm -hmm. thing or you're walking around being nervous that something might happen. Yikes. I don't know. But just the fact that it was an exact clone of her younger brother is so creepy. So creepy. But they never saw it again. And her brother's still alive. Well, yeah, no one said he was going to die. Well, we're just saying doppelgangers are typically bad omens. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what are you saying? <laughs> so maybe it, it was just like a one of the interdimensional things again. Right. Well, if anyone else has doppelganger experiences or just anything with the paranormal, or if you can bilocate, email us and tell us your experiences to twogirlsoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. Join our Facebook group. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, and if you haven't already, give us a rating and review on iTunes. And we will see you you on on the other other side. side.